This is the Future of Law podcast, where we explore what it means to be a lawyer and law firm of the future. I'm Cutis from Australia. And I'm Tessa from Canada. We are two entrepreneurs working on each edge of the planet, bringing you a platform to explore what the future holds for the legal industry. Hi, Adrian. How are you going, mate? Very good. Thanks. And yourself? Yeah, very, very good. Thanks so much for taking the time out to have this discussion with me on the podcast. Pleasure. Um, we had a great conversation, I think, initially. Uh, with some really interesting things that I um, have been wanting to actually cover, but I'm glad to have uh, had that conversation with you. I think you've, you've really been playing in that field um, in action, and there's a bit of experience we can draw from. So, um, so today, I think we wanted to look at several things, but, but a lot to do with, you know, when, when venturing into applying new technologies to the law or to, to law-ish services, and I know we use that word, um, we'll, we'll look into that. Um, there's this question of how uh, regulators and regulation plays a role in that. And, and that was one of the things that we did talk about. So um, is that something that we could probably start off on? Yeah, yeah, um, and I, um, I'm good. Uh, thank you for introducing the uh, the term uh, law-ish, because yes. that's that's my distinction of terms between um, what I see as as uh, classical legal services, as you might have defined under the Legal Practitioners Act, and what um, we as lawyers are used to providing for clients, and what clients come to expect from lawyers, um, mm. and and then things that are law-ish, that is to say, they have some relation to the law, and they have an they impact the public and the profession and the judiciary's experience mm. of the operation of law, but aren't legal services per se. Yeah, and so um, and um, ju- I'm inspired in this definition by mm-hmm. Chrissy Lightfoot's um, excellent definition of law tech and legal tech. Um, okay. uh, Chrissy de- de- uh, uses the definition of um, uh, legal tech being things, there being technology that is for lawyers to enable them to produce law and law tech being things, the technology that is directly provided to clients. Now, right. um, in the UK, they have had a uh, where Chrissy and her it's robot based, lawyer yeah. Lisa, yeah, yes. uh, and and where where they operate, um, there's uh, there's been a, an express repeal of of um, of problems and uh, or uh, of um, restrictions on who can provide certain services, and mm-hmm. so there is there are things that are wholesale presented. Um, I think that for as far as I'm concerned, there's a um, um, I actually, uh, so the, the normal discussions as I see them are between, you know, cons- you know where is, uh, where does consumer facing practices um, switch over into becoming legal services? But I actually, what, what the reason I like to define things instead of that way, as Chrissy has, but in my way is in legal services provided by people and then all other things which, which, which encompasses legal tech and law tech as Chrissy would define them, um, put all the technology in one bucket 
because right. I think that there are important risks that come about even from legal tech by virtue of the, of the nature of technology itself. And, um, and, uh, and in my view, um, yes. for the efficient running of the um, profession, we should have some different and new types of regulation um, to deal with specific problems that I think they, they give rise to. Okay. That's, that's interesting. So I remember when we spoke about it, there was a distinction. There was a interesting parallel you drew to distinguish between law and law-ish. And, and yes. we did get into a conversation about um, perhaps rather than convincing that something falls outside of the gambit, assume, yeah. at least the way I understood it, as actually assuming that, well, you know, how is it different from other very commonly used tools that we would use for you gave the Google example. Could you yeah, sort of like, expand on that well, a bit? Yeah. So um, what what happens at, at present is is there's there's debate over you know should we take um, regulations that are uh, there to apply to law mm. uh, and legal services and try and extend them out into law tech or or legal tech mm. or law ish mm. products as I would call them uh, and. Right. Um, and, and there's a lot of problems with that. Um, and it's um, the, the first of which is the, the, prob the problem of the difference between lawnmowers and terrorists. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, um, so, so we're going to divert to some um, um, accidental in, um, observations by Kim Kardashian, who okay. last year retweeted a, an observation by the U US Statistician General Mm -hmm. saying that um, in 2017, there were, uh, I think, nine people who died in the US from terrorist attacks. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, 69 people who died from accidental deaths from lawnmowers. Okay. And, he's, and he says, well, look, there we go. Lawnmowers are more dangerous than terrorists. Right. Um, now, um, you know, on average, more people die from uh, from lawnmowers than terrorists. And the problem with that is that the 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 density of the distributions between lawnmower deaths and terrorist deaths are totally different. So, um, the the lawnmower deaths might range from say ten people a year to a hundred. Or right. 500 and they're they're normally distributed like a bell curve yes, as yes. we might look at, at a population's height you know people range from four foot to seven foot and most people are five foot ten so um but but terrorist attacks are like are like wealth they they have a long tail distribution you know on average right. people might be might um you know might have 70 earn seventy thousand dollars a year but there's some people who earn nothing and there's some people who earn hundreds of millions of dollars right a year. you're talking um, about the standard and, deviations from from the yes from the center it's a, yeah it's a, it's a fat tailed distribution that is to say it goes long like it, mm. it goes extremely long to the right and so terrorist attacks sure we might have nine but we could have a hundred or a thousand or ten thousand or a million people die from a terrorist attack or, or affected, right? Do we include affected or, or we're just looking or at no, I, I just, just There is a non-zero chance of 10 million people dying mm. in the US 
from a terrorist attack. You know, someone could let off a bomb. Right. Now, it's unlikely, but there's a non-zero chance. There is an absolutely zero chance of 10 million people dying from accidentally cutting their toes off by their, with their lawnmower. Right. Now, if you're going to regulate like two like different um, industries like that, mm. um, the regulation is totally different. Let me give you another example. The difference between financial planners and banks. Okay. So um, they deal with one person. Uh, and the risks that a financial planner might have is they might steal from the person. They might give them negligent advice. Mm-hmm. They might give, uh, they, um, you know, might fail to do something on time and stuff up. I mean, now, mismanage they, money if they're involved. Right? Yeah, that's, that's it. So, you know, so you're going to need to have regulations that, that penalize them from stealing money from their clients that, um, that you know, penalise them from being negligent. That penalise them from you know for doing those type of unprofessional right. um, things. For a bank, a bank is very unlikely to just steal from a client because you know it's it's so big. You know, there's there's millions of of, of clients that a bank will have. Yes. Um, and so, for it to get that big, it must have systems in place, transparent to people that say, we're not going to steal your money off you. We're not going to give you something negligent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't need that kind of similar regulation. What, but what a bank has a risk of mm. is totally destroying the financial system, just like Bear Stearns did. Right. Uh, right. Um, trading in complex financial instruments, um, trading out money that's many times the amount that it, that it has, losing everyone's money. It yes. has... A, yeah, uh, banking banking disasters happen every twenty years or so, right? And um, you know they ha- they don't happen frequently, but when they do happen, they're absolutely catastrophic. Yes, and the impact and is just, huge. Yeah. yeah, and 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 worse, the impact is is not felt by just the banker. You know, it's not felt by bankers who usually um, get away with very little damage to themselves it's mm. felt it's they're bailed out by the government and and it's paid for by nurses and florists and uh, and um and firemen and uh, and all sorts of ordinary people who have to who have to pay for this catastrophic systemic loss so te- so technology causes systemic issues right so there is so with technology it's very unlikely that you're going to have some you know uh, like small scale problem like you would have with a human so you're more instead of so so law-ish services provided by technology Mm. are like banks and and lawyers are like financial planners okay law-ish are like terrorists, to use a, you know, a negative example, and <laughs> lawyers are like lawnmowers. Right. Uh, they have totally different risk distributions. So, so, so when you're regulating these, right, you, right. um, you can't just... So, um, uh, first of all, if you apply um, existing, like financial planner regulations to a bank, the bank's going to easily comply with them. But the problem is, is that the bank is that's going to provide um, a an illusion of stability, and in fact, might even encourage bad behaviour. That is, 
um, encourage behavior that appears to comply, but exacerbates the big risks. Right. And so, also doesn't cover other uh, capabilities that a bank may have. Like yes. It's not tailored to the solution. Right. Of course. Of course. You know, so, um, uh, so, so if you're, so what you, so you can't just, it's, um, you can't just pull the regulatory blanket over to, over from, from financial planners over to banks, mm -hmm. you know, or from lawyers onto, onto law-ish products, mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's not going to be helpful. It's, 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 it's probably going to be negative, um, at best, or, um, or at best it's going to be, uh, it's going to miss, miss the harms. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what becomes the regulator, like, let's, let's start talking about then what becomes the regulator's role in the future of well, law. What, what's the well, way I that think, they can, yeah. Well, I actually think the regulators need to expand their reach to, right. to things beyond what they consider at present. Uh, at present, a regulator looks to, um, to human lawyers and says, we're going to monitor you and regulate mm. you. Mm -hmm. But what about internet search engines? I won't talk about any in particular. I'm sure we sure. can. We can all. We can. It's not hard to work out which um, what search engines there are. Well, I'd already mentioned but, one, so that, that's that's from me. But yeah, let's yeah, just yeah, take the example. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's. Um, but but a sim But um, um, so so internet search engines. If mm -hmm. you go out and uh, so they provide massive benefit to the community. Most people start their legal searches to to assist them with their legal issues by going on to a search engine and, you know, say, you know, looking up you know, negligence, uh, medical negligence or fencing um, dispute or fencing dispute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything, right. right. And that's great. And it, and it's, and that is, it's really good for the operation of our legal system. Both, you know, people, uh, people can find lawyers um, in, in a better way. They can find out information. The more yes. information that we get out about the law, the more it assists the operation of the rule of law it's, right. It's it, it's a positive thing, but just to give a simple example, mm -hmm. um, what happens? Uh, so law firms constantly write updates. I do myself. Sure. Um, people find search on search engines for information about law. They mm -hmm. find updates. Mm -hmm. um, how often do law firms go through and monitor to see the correctness of the information that they have published and right. whether it is up to date? Right. Well, so, I mean, most most get away with with uh, disclaiming at the bottom, you know, or some d don't even do that. But but a lot do actually say accurate as of the date that it was published. But again, fine print. Yeah. You know, it's not something that comes up in the Google search um, as an actual response. Yeah, yeah, um, and and in particular, um, it's common for search engines to highlight particular information. Correct. That and say this seems to answer your question exactly. Right. So now. You, I think it would be impossible to regulate a search engine like a law firm, even though it's providing law-ish services. It's, it helps people get um, to their, their get their legal needs satisfied. Mm. You know, having trying to regulate a potentially um, massive corporation that has revenues far in, ex in, in excess of the entire profession right. um, is probably located overseas yes. uh, has mass consumer appeal so um, any regulatory impost was probably likely to be overturned legislatively right. like you know just like uber uber comes in and you know it, it breaks the law but then everyone says we love it so they change the law and it's allowed yeah <laughs> um, so i mean the public it, interest loophole 
<laughs> exactly. Well, it's not even a loop. It's it's it's, it's actually a, a change of law. Yeah. Um, so um, it's all, it's fascinating but, me as a, as an example. Sorry to cut you off, but it also speaks to how culture informs law and law informs culture. Right. It, it, the the tool yeah. the, the the trick in Uber's example is almost that yes, sure they you know broke the law you know quote unquote but but the reality is that they they promoted a behavior that became happenstance or extremely u- useful within society to the point where removing that would create more problems than keeping it there. Well, okay, well, well, then let me put to you a question on that that's a mm. unique conundrum for lawyers, sure. for which I'm not sure that I have an answer, but sure. I think it's something that needs consideration. Mm. And the question is this, could a lawyer ethically um, ch- uh, create a new technology mm. that leads to a change in the law in the way that Uber did? That is, they create something that um, at the head of their law firm or technology company, whatever, right. that is presently not allowed and clearly not allowed. Right. But they are confident that there will be a change in law. Or a change in behavior, popu- societal behavior. So, change in societal behavior that then leads to popular opinion to change the law. Right. So is that po- the question is, is that can we ethically do that? Could a lawyer ethically do that? Now, obviously, yeah. a, um, a non-lawyer, sure, like Travis Kalanick, um, it, it, he did it, and sure. you know, not uh, ignoring his other you know, moral failings. Um, sure. He's, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, he's, um, you know, it wasn't successfully legal. changed it the way a... we we approach travel yeah. and ease of travel and ease of transit, yep. right? Yeah, mobility and, yeah, as a and, service. But but as a as a lawyer, so so it comes in it, it comes into a question as, as what is law now. Um, if you're a, a natural lawyer from a jurisprudential point of view, you might say, um, you might look at the um, apartheid era or the grudge informer or or your your rules uh, looking at you know like Nazi Germany and you might say there are certain laws that are improper or against the natural order, um, and so and there is something that's overarching and so therefore. Um, you could, um, if someone says you must do something that is generally immoral to, mm. according to a, a natural, natural laws, then mm. you can trump it. Mm. Sure, that makes sense. That's that's the, a lawyer could certainly, you know, um, break um, a, a a Nazi death camp instruction. I mean, we, you know, as sure, we in saw the, the interest... Nuremberg trials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. As we saw in the Nuremberg trial, trials, you, you're you're obliged to, you know, yeah. or, and so you might say that you know, apartheid state um, uh, laws are immoral. I don't have to follow them, but it's very different to say that um, a technical regulation as to whether a particular business model is allowable or not is mm. against the natural law. Mm. Now, how is how is the ability to not get a taxi license? against natural law like i don't really see that standing up right i i can't you know i can't say as a natural lawyer i have or you know, i wouldn't say that if you took that position as that you're a natural lawyer and therefore there are some lawyers you don't need to right. um um uphold that a particular regulation doesn't apply it's the right. same as like tax law it's like well what part of it's immoral well it's you know you don't might not like paying it but it's it's really quite bland regulations Right. It's just a bunch of technical stuff. There's nothing that's, you know, generally, there's nothing that's really bad. Right. So, so I, would, I would say that there's some difficulty for a lawyer. 
Um, and that's the um, now that's of course if something's if there's something black and white you can't do it like in Uber. Where it becomes um, not an ethical question, but more of a practical problem, mm. is that if it's grey, what happens if you're not if you're a lawyer and you're not sure if you can do something? Right. So. And what what is so, what, what is the test and what is the balance of that test? Right. Well, I mean. Yeah, so what you would, what you should do is, as someone who's trying to decide how to apply the law in a situa- in a situation where you're where you're not sure what the answer is, you should you know um, uh, come to detailed legal reasoning, you know, think think through it, yep. and rule and of precedent comes into problem. play sometimes. Yeah, well, well yeah, when we use technology, it's kind of di- it's kind of difficult, but well, I mean, that's, analogies and correct. That's yeah. the point that I'm making on the tail end of saying that, right? So where where yeah. we're used to having precedent or using precedent when we're faced with something that's so fundamentally different and foreign to that, to the, to that rule, um, the question becomes exactly this. So the, the, the problem is, is that, is that generally when some, when the answer is unclear, if it's unclear for a lawyer, hmm. they'll, a lawyer will say, well, we shouldn't do it because it's unclear. Right. <laughs> and the technologist will say it's unclear. Let's go for it. Right. It's, it's free reign. It's wild west. Go for it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let's 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 do it and let's and figure it out. You know, and added into lawyers' natural and rightful conservatism mm-hmm. um, and skepticism, risk mitigation. It, yes. Yeah, risk mitigation. There is um, there is always the potential that if a lawyer oversteps their bound, that they could get professional repercussions. Or yes. as a technologist, they they just um, they uh, they fail fast and then and then um, raise their next startup. Yeah. Pivot and move. Yeah, or pivot or start again. Yeah, correct. Exactly. So, so, and where that's problematic is that it means that by having uncertainty as to law, you're, you're highly discouraging lawyers from being the agents of innovation. Mm-hmm. And that's terrible because the, whoever does innovation impress, or creates something impresses it subtly with their own morality right so if i was um if you're building a machine learning algorithm there are a whole bunch of um indistinguishable uh, or, or um, unchallengeable decisions that you make along the way and uh, because creating something new is an art rather than a science yeah uh, and so what this means then is that a technology new technology created by um a lawyer who has the respect for rule of law um, mm-hmm. will be quite different um, um, will be quite different to someone who is a Stanford dropout with VC backing or perhaps mm-hmm. a or a, or a company that is owned by an authoritarian government yes so as a lawyer we might say we're going to make sure anything we build is is fair and just and um, and transparent, but mm-hmm. other motivations might be um, uh, might might be um, pursuit of profit or sure. suppression of political dissident. Sure. Oh, so I, so less so, less less um, uh, sensitive to the you know the otherwise very fundamental elements of the law and being a, being an officer of the court in a jurisdiction. Sure. Right. Yeah. So those and, things aren't um, necessarily there. Yeah, they're, they're not necessarily there. And now technology is inevitable. 
Um, mm. to, uh, it's it's an emerge it's emergent thing. So when we got powered flight, um, mm-hmm. there there was the Wright brothers, but there was half a dozen other people who were um, who were working on it at about the same time. The same mm-hmm. thing with light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the same thing with the four minute mile. You right. know, no one had run four minutes for all of human history. And then in the two years after Roger Bannister did it, so, you know, six weeks late, later, the Australian Landy did. And then in the, in the next two years, 27 people did. It's like, you know, it's right. once you, everyone sort of comes to breaking that barrier um, all at once. So we look at, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where was, you know, the emergence of search engines, you know, Google, AltaVista, um, you know, AltaVista Yahoo. could have been, could have yeah. won. Yep, yeah. Yahoo, it yeah. could have been, yeah. Um, you know, the same with Uber, Lyft, um, and uh, and so the technology is emergent. And EV, right? Tesla, Tesla's a perfect example as well. Ex- yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so the technology is going to happen, but but the form of it and who particularly does it might change. So, sure. um, so you can't stop all of this this new lawish technology, but you can yes. stop a particular set of people doing it. Now, if you stop the people that you're stopping are lawyers because because they're uncertain, that's yes. quite bad. You're pulling a regulatory string when you can't push on it. Now, right. there is potential for some bad things to happen. So I know people out there at the moment that I've mm-hmm. met in the in the legal tech sphere um, who are say cryptocurrency enthusiasts sure. who are expressly anarchists who believe that all of government can and should be. Um, conducted on a blockchain ledger. Okay. Uh, now, I, like, I, I love blockchain technology, but I think that's... No, I, I don't agree with that at all. Sure. Um, I, I know other technologists who have stated that they wish to make the law free. I go, that's fantastic. Except their way of doing that is by cross-selling you know, insurance products and financial right. products. And, <laughs> and, or and, or and an I, advertisement-based platform or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That, that's a terribly conflicted model of law. Yeah. But um, that might win. That might be the technology that emerges. Sure. You know, and um, and partic- so depends and so on... so what you're pointing at, so if I can get to the point, I think the point you're making is if I've caught on well enough, is that mm. if w- the lawyers aren't involved in the process of innovating the law mm. and, and mm. law and law-ish, you know, let's yes. say we separate the two. Yep. Um, yep. Other people with, without the backing, without the, without the training, without the, the understanding of the, the law and how it has served uh, civilization, you know, or mm. societies up until yes. now, will we'll cut all manner and form of corners. That's, you know, quote unquote, uh, we'll, we'll not perhaps keep, um, certain fundamental central ideas uh, at the forefront when, when developing it. And because we're not part of that conversation or because we're not allowed to do it ourselves, we may not like the results or whatever it is that actually emerges in what you've called, you know, an emergent sphere, which means that if it'll happen anyway, and if we're not involved doing it, someone else will, we may not like the outcome. Yep. I think that's, I think that's right. Like we can, we can pull ourselves away. We can ensure that by uncertainty or even out-and-out ex- um, um, prohibition, um, mm. that that people who do not think like us are the creators of the technology of the future. Right. That will emerge anyway. So so it's not like we can stop it. Right. It's going to happen anyway, and then we'll we'll end up with it, just like Uber was created overseas. 
Right. And so the question then in, in the context of our conversation today, I think really becomes what is, you know, is it, is it as simple as well, regulators take a proactive approach or really, or is there, or is there something we can cover about whether regulators should change what they do generally? Should it, you know, what do you think about that? Like, is, well, it, so, is it a matter of, yeah, go on. So let, so let, let me again distinguish between law and law-ish. Yeah. So as a minimum statement, um, mm -hmm. um, like our existing set of legal regulations um, is at least suitable for the reason that um, we don't have like total chaos and anarchy. Yeah. Sure. Um, are there things that could be improved? Yes, but to be honest, it's not something that I've turned my mind to. There are plenty of other people who are who have turned their mind to it. Um, sure. Uh, that's 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 not my thing. I just want to you know, now. What does the perfect system look like? I don't know. Um, right. Uh, to me. Um, and we should qualify by saying that you are you are you are a lawyer and you're a technologist, right? We should yes. probably say that yep. too. <laughs> I'm both. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so, um, uh, yeah. so I, so the law is um, fine the way it, yeah. it sits at the moment well, because I'm, of the way that it so doesn't. I'm not saying it's, yeah. So I'm not saying it's, it's perfect. I'm just saying, I don't know what perfect looks like, right. but I know that it's, it's not, uh, it's a, it, at least it is not a totally dysfunctional system. So, right. you know, we, do, I don't, I don't see any need to totally scrap everything. Now, yes, understood. It, it might be the case that we have the perfect system exactly with you know a particular set of rules. Any um, as a general rule, um, um, you know every system has some has some room for improvement. Of course, any you know any improvements as a general statement, the improvements that I would think that we need would be incremental rather than um, total change. Fundamental. In regard to the reg right fun yes exactly in regard to the general regulation of lawyers. Sure. Um, but I, uh, and so where I have seen people proposing fundamental changes, they look at law-ish services and say, it doesn't quite work or to be able to let things through, we need total change. And I go, well, no, what you need to do is you need to um, keep, remember that one of banks, law-ish is banks and lawyers mm. are financial planners and they need to mm. be regulated differently. They mm -hmm. have totally different risk profiles. So for, right. so for law-ish things, they're presently generally entirely outside of regulation okay now the first thing you should do is if you want lawyers to be involved in regulation mm -hmm. uh, involved in creation of things is mm -hmm. to give them some certainty that they can right so you might for example you might say let's create a regulatory sandbox mm -hmm. and say if you are a law firm and you come to us and say, I'm creating this thing. <laughs> we'll look at it and we'll tell you that it, it's, um, that it's okay mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, and give you three years, five years to try it out. A you, limited you license, essentially. Yeah. Or, or not even, a, not even a license because, but just, just a reassurance that, that what you're doing is okay. Okay. Um, so um, if you're, if you're um, if you're Google, you might say, um, "Look, I need more than just a limited limited license. I need right. a you know I, I need something something general." But but you might say, "Hey, I need a um, I've come up with a new idea. Let, let me come. Let me give you a, a, another example. And right. this one was an example from um, the the futurist Mark Pessy, 
at the um, Australian Institute of Judicial Administration conference last okay. year. And okay. he was asked to give an example of what blockchain could hold for law in the future. Mm-hmm. And he gave a great example of um, a, a contract that uses a, a ledger-based escrow system. Mm-hmm. And so that when the contract is completed, um, the, the cryptocurrency that's held in escrow passes from party A to B. Right. And everyone's like, cool, that's great. It's a nice, nice, simple example. It's practical. You know, it solves some trust issues. You can have people operating on totally different sides of the world doing this. And then I said, this is, it, this is great, except that um, at least in South Australia, we could never do, no lawyer could do this. No right. lawyer could create this. Because by holding funds in escrow, you're going to breach your trust account obligations. Right. It's clearly, it's clearly trust funds. Yes. Now, for a starter, you're going to need the BSB, and <laughs> uh, which doesn't exist for a blockchain. Right. Um, uh, you're going to need, uh, you know, you're going to need. A, a, there's a whole set of things that you need to tick off, and and um, to create a transaction, uh, yes. to to create a compliant trust account transaction, and yes. almost all of them would be. Like impossible you to would get fail against them, right. yeah 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 and you know besides you're holding you know you're not even sure whether your cryptocurrency constitutes money is it money is it property how right. do you, how do you record and, it and when you and when you say held who is actually holding it and you know all exactly. those things right <laughs> exactly yes. so, so so no law firm in south australia could mm. properly be a creator of that system right that's now it's not a bad system. Like it's, it, you know, it's like, um, it's not something I'm working on, but it's something that at least one other you know, very intelligent futurist has proposed. And that right. I know that there's various systems out there that look like this. Um, yes. But that, that, that area is entirely ceded to non-lawyers. Right. So now, what you're saying is essentially if, if at any point in that juncture, uh, a lawyer is tied to any of this, they would be in breach of, multiple multiple regulations that exist uh, in our jurisdiction Correct. in South Australia today. Yes. Correct. Yes. Now, that, it might be the case with other jurisdictions. I don't mean to pick sure. on South Australia. It's just that I know uh, our Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good practical yeah. example because, and that's what we're, we're happy to explore that. You know, this is a podcast with an international yeah. audience, but, you know, in yeah. this circumstance, I'm sure people can find out what they're, how, you know, it's a great question to ask for our listeners to take away and go, let me have a look at my, um, you know, trust uh, account uh, regulation yeah. and, and requirements to see whether we could do anything in our area, for instance. So, I mean, it's quite clear uh, that you could mess with any lawyer's trust account by sending them you know, uh, some cryptocurrency and asking them to hold it in trust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right, right. So, so, um, uh, you know, or, or, or post them a private key, see what, see what happens. Um, right. So the, the next thing is, um, so uh, what I would suggest in that scenario is that mm-hmm. you would have the ability to go to a regulator and say, here's what I propose. I need just a sandbox to work on this. I need you to exempt me from, you know, like from doing any wrong. I'm going to show you what I'm doing. Yes. I'm going to talk to you about it. You can see what it is. You can see that I'm not harming the public. You can see that you know, I can't take money out of this trust fund because by definition, this is a, um, uh, a public ledger. Anyone could sure. see it. it it's, um, uh, it's efficient. It's great. can potentially cause 
you know, great things for the public. Um, can I do this? And then get a tick off that, you know, for yeah. five years, you're not going to, not going to get pinged. Right. And that's, and that's an, and that's an exchange to be clear, right? You're not just asking for exemptions. It's, it's an exchange of maybe the re regulator requires you to disclose this both to uh, them, but also to the parties that are involved yep. in the novel, novel way of, of doing something. Right. It's some, some form of that's agreement. Right. That... Yeah. And so, so the more, now, now ultimately rule of law is served by more information about it. The more that right. a regulator can set out, this is my views on this. Sure. The, the, the better things are. I mean, it would be better if a regulator came out and said, look, we hate blockchain. Just don't touch it at all. Right. Yeah. But we like this. We like w whatever else, something else is. Um, sure. Then, at, And at least you can either, A, work out how to get around it. Because you say, cool, we can't be lawyers. We're going to all be technologists now. Right. Um, or move to Silicon Valley and, and do it in another jurisdiction. Right. Um, or alternatively, um, uh, you know, you say, I have confidence that I'm not going to lose my practicing certificate for doing something. Right. Right. Now, and and, and now that's, that speaks to the fact of what you're saying about the overarching or the undercurrent to this entire conversation, which is that the tech is emergent. So that's a perfect example of if it's not available mm. here and you want to do it bad enough, well, what are you going to do? You're going to go up, get up and go somewhere where it is available and it is possible and go and build it there. It doesn't yeah. mean that it doesn't get created. It actually means that that particular jurisdiction is restricted from participating mm -hmm. in, in a solution that is a part of a global movement. That's it. The, the choice that you have in regard to emergent technology is, do I want a seat at the table or do I not? Right. That's really well you can't. It's like, so if you say we're going to allow this technology here, now it still might not be developed because you, you can't push on a string. You can pull on the regulatory string, stop it from happening, but you can't force people to innovate. You know, right. um, but you can allow them to. You yes. can say, I'm not pulling on the string. You guys got, you know, and, and hopefully people do. Right. But you can pull on the string and say, sure, let's make sure that um, no one in the jurisdiction that I regulate is going to come to me and ask for my views and allow me to have an input on what it looks like. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, so it feels like the fundamental thing is, you know, the string of ideas or the sequence of ideas is yeah. with the tech emergence, if it's not here, it's somewhere else, but mm. overall the regulator's role is to create certainty. Whether you want it to happen or don't want it to happen, at least create certainty so that the lawyers are not they're not in there um, because otherwise lawyers will default to their default posture, which is risk mitigation, conservative. No, don't do it if we're unsure. Exactly. Um, and we and but we do need regulators to prevent against these um, uh, long tail risks, which are which um, creators of technology are uh, we are generally blind to. So using so the it's blockchain about example. Right. Sorry. It's about the getting blockchain so, example. Yeah, go on, go on. Sorry, that's that's a good point. Yeah, follow. In the blockchain example, um, we've had the Dow um, fall over. We've had MT Gox. With there is massive fraud um, mm -hmm. and market manipulation um, mm -hmm. in in the blockchain. It yes. would be fantastic. Oh no, no, sorry. Um, if someone goes and creates this blockchain example that I gave overseas. Right. Right. We're still going to be at risk of its downsides. People right. use it 
yes. um, they could end up losing all of their money, which is yes. a long tail risk. Yes. Consumers still get scammed. I've seen plenty of people who have put their money into, you know, some junk coin um, and that's been pumped and dumped and they've lost yes. it. They've yes. been scammed. They've been scammed out of their retirement money that they've put their superannuate, they've taken it out of their superannuation fund and they've taken yes. it and they've put it into junk. And then not only they're going to hit the double whammy of some tax problems um, uh, come 30 June. Right. And um, if there was someone that said, we're going to regulate this as law-ish. We're not going to stop it. We're going to say it's okay, but you have to tell us about it. And if you go and screw people over, we're going to stop that. We're yeah. going to now. Now, one way. Now, it is really hard to think of all of the ways that something can fall over. So I right. just want to say that. And, and so one thing that is a, a really difficult thing for regulators is to look and say, how can everyone? Like, what is Foresight. all of the financial? Yeah. What is all of the risks of this? And yeah. I don't think even as a, as a technologist, like I couldn't look at the blockchain example, um, notwithstanding I know a fair amount about it, say I can and identify all of the risks. Efficient, yeah, and a, yep. a comprehensive amount of risks because the risks are generated every day on, in, in, in new territory, right? Correct. In the same way that so, opportunity is created every day. There's a problem with trying to get... Uh, Try, trying to regulate things that are new and that are that have risks. Right. We we try it constantly in banking, for example. Right. Say you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. But still, collapses happen fairly regularly. People lose their life yeah. savings. Exactly. Or the right. government has to bail them out. Right. So. Um, what what we need to do instead to prevent against those risks is not trying to come up with something specific for these long tail risks, but instead align the interests of the the uh, creators mm -hmm. and controllers of that technology with the public interest. Right, it's a very simple way of doing this. Right, um, and that's. Um, so in effect, it's a different type of string that they would pull. Yes. So rather well, than changing well, yes. the posture. Yeah. Yeah. You could prevent um, financial collapses by saying that if you are a banker who creates a systemic risk, we will put you in jail. Right. Not not a fine. Put you in jail. Right. It's, 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 yeah. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's really simple. Yeah. Um, it's um. And you should define systemic risk, risks broadly, mm -hmm. but, but it's not hard for someone to understand. Something right. that's widespread, distributed, that has that impacts a lot of people. Yes. Instead of trying to get a whole bunch of totally disparate, harmed people to sue in relation to something that is probably hugely complex and and deep, like trying to understand CFDs. Um, and you know, exotic mortgage instruments right. and trying to work out that this has caused you know, you know, trillions of dollars of losses and therefore uh, someone has the right to sue over it. It's A single individual. Really right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just say, you've, if you cause a systemic risk and the, and the um, you know, either, uh, like, and whatever that harm may be, because there's different types of harm, it, it might just, it might be... Um, uh, you know, monetary, it could be 
something else could be the efficient functioning of the legal system. Then could be physical you harm. Will fa- yeah. Yep, then you will. Yep. You you will face criminal penalties. Right. Right. And it's a, um, uh, now, I wish to say that you know, I I hope that that would be such um, a a risk that I would look at and stare at as potentially applying to me. Right. That I'm successful enough to be able to create something that has that distributed risk. Because right. I, I could look at it and say, well, I want to make sure that I don't get, um, like, do anything that harms the public in general. Right. Um, and perhaps if, if it is something that, um, uh, by implication of design in your creative venture, will impact a lot of people and therefore fall under that systemic risk, you may make very, very uh, cautious and uh, calculated steps to involve more and more people in order to distribute that risk in the sense that when I say involve more and more people, I mean, you are now really, really having to deeply research and understand the social impact of what it is that that you're about to do um, for good and for bad and on the balance of that. And, you know, what it essentially does is invite a conversation that uh, in another circumstance, without that limitation of that, you know, public interest um, alignment, um, you would, you may have just gone ahead and thrown it out into the system, right? Thrown it out into the ecosystem mm. and got it started. It it really forces a more nuanced mm. and balanced uh, assessment. What we're doing is we're stopping the game of heads I win, tails you lose. Right. Heads I win. The technology, the whatever it is, the 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 massively led, led leveraged and interconnected. Um, entity in yes. banking or, or new technology sure. does really well and I make and I make a huge amount of money mm-hmm. and nothing goes wrong. Mm. But tails, something goes wrong and you lose. Mm. Mm. That's 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 not a fair game. It's right. not a fair game. You know, like I believe in, in, in market forces, but it's really important um, to actually enable those market forces. If you look at the banking mm. collapses, it was not a failure of market forces. It was a, it was a crony capitalists. Right. Um, it's you know have uh, what the market does was say you you fail and you lose everything. Yeah. Um, that's but if there's a government that could step step in, you go suddenly this isn't this isn't the market, and so yes. therefore you would now you're either going to a let things cont- entirely fall over, and in fact that's a that's a, a, a generally a good thing, except in law, um, you can't. You can't the really implications have that of because... that is going to be a... <laughs> far, far yeah. beyond. Let, yes. let, let me let me give a more practical example. What mm. if, um, what if there was a um, uh, practice management software that was widely used and integrated with the core system, and mm-hmm. someone screwed it up, and and suddenly, fifty percent of the nation's legal cases were had all of the data in them destroyed irrevocably. Right. Or, 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 trans- or even partially damaged where, you know, you yep. don't have an exact record of, let's say, evidence, or, for instance. Or, or transferred overseas. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that can't happen with, you know, a single firm. You could have one firm's data lost. But if everyone's working on a similar interconnected system, totally it's going to be, be massive benefits, be great, um, uh, huge efficiencies. That's the heads I win. But there is still the tails someone loses. And right. so, so now, so you can't just say, well, let's let the system fail and yes. let capitalism do its place. It's because no, because uh, we're not really operating in a market here. There's to say this is the administration of justice. That's not a market. Which so you, is not you, a market. It also underpins almost every other 
you know, a pillar of Correct. society that, that yes. exists. It's the foundation. So, yes. So, so even I would put myself on the, the sort of more small L liberal side of things. Um, but I would say this, this isn't a market. Mm-hmm. You need regulation mm-hmm. in the absence of this, and you need regulation to be able to stop that. You, you, what you would say in this situation is that if you're a software provider and you suddenly lose, or you say you've, co- all you need to do is say if you cause a systemic risk, you will face criminal penalties. Right. Like, um, then, however, that risk comes out, like they'll work it, they'll work it out, and 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 work out to prevent it. So, if you're running a practice management system that um, that that is integrated across all the courts and you know most of the practices in, in a jurisdiction, um, that's fantastic. You will be aware of the potential risk of everything falling over, and you will work very very hard to make sure that it doesn't happen. Yeah, and uh, um, and, and 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 part and so of that is also not just you know. Oh, it's it's all up to you as a creator. I think I think mm. there is something to say about part of apportionment of that liability is involving the other stakeholders in the process, and not it's not to you know. And I don't really feel comfortable speaking about it as you know. Let me apportion li- my liability against more and more people. But but what I'm trying to say is that in order to do that, it it shouldn't be also as black and white as if you create systemic risk you're personally culpable i think that standard generates a need for there to be discourse and lots of it prior to something coming in but not in the way not in the way that it would stifle the growth perhaps right but 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 then but also calls on the fact that well the judiciary who wants to leverage this system that everyone else is on also needs to understand those risks also needs to take that into account may need to you know balance that in, in on the balance of law if something was was to go wrong, you know, these are the questions that then become everyone's questions, not just the person who's created it, right? Um, In our circumstance, I think being a pillar of society, right? Let me let me give it um, let me give a different analogy. Sure. Um, let me um, if you let your kids play in the backyard, mm-hmm. you say not allowed to jump the fence, right? <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that. Right. You can do anything that you want within the, within the backyard. Sure. But if you jump the fence, that's that's the big thing. Then yep. then you're outside of the safe zone. Yeah. Um, it's a really thing, really easy thing for kids to understand. And sure. in fact, generally, you should put it in a more positive way. You should say, make sure you pl- you can do anything you want within this area. Like, sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, if you said you can't go near the fence, you can't go within one meter of the fence, you can't, you know, you can't touch the fence, you can't do this. It, you start setting out a whole bunch of things. Right. It's going to really stifle their play. Yes, agreed. Um, it's it's going to be problematic. Instead, you need to look at the harm and say, you can't do this harm. Now, however it is that you work out how to get over that fence, whether you catapult, climb, dig under it, you can't go outside of that fence. Right. Um, you don't, as lawyers, we like to particularize everything. Yes. We like to say, you know, you must not do any digging you must not do any touching of the fence you must yes. not do any catapulting yes. over it we're going to yes. list everything and, and that, out and that generates a, 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 a almost an a, it invites a competitive way to find out how to bypass one rule that was that wasn't laid out explicitly for instance you were right. you were talking to a tax lawyer you were yeah. to the converted <laughs> but i understand what you're saying you're saying link it to the harm that it would mm. potentially cause yes and that and that the it's outcome based rather than process yes. based. Right? That's it. You just say wh- however it is, 
that you cause a systemic risk. Really unlikely that you're ever going to do this. Right. 99.99% of the population sure. will, will, will have nil risk of causing right. a systemic problem. Right. Now, and if you like, if you are in a position of, of making decisions that, mm-hmm. could, that could cause some systemic risk, yes. or widespread risk, yes. then you, like, you'll be aware of it. You'll be aware of your power and your influence. Yes. And, um, and so then um, you should make sure that you moderate your actions yes. so that they're not done in, in, a, in a selfish manner. Yes. And I think, I think that's what I meant when I spoke about moderating. I think I was talking about moderating your actions. Which is like mm. that that high standard on outcome basis and you know creating that systemic risk really does invite anyone who does want to change the way things are done to truly mm. involve multiple stakeholders as many parties as possible that would be affected mm. and influenced by that you know um, that that fundamental yep. you know innovation or creation or change and to ensure mm. that everyone recognizes the, the the you know not only the the benefits that perhaps those changes bring but also the um, the, you know, the risks that then become part and parcel of, yep. you know, the entire yep. system wanting to avoid it, right? You, Essentially. Yes. You could massively simplify Australian banking regulation by getting rid of almost all of it and saying that if you do something systemically wrong, <laughs> we'll put the executives in jail. Right. Right, right. But, I mean, you, yeah. you, you won't have any more storm financial collapses. You won't have any um, need for government guarantees of of deposits. Mm-hmm. You won't have any more um, uh, people uh, abusing. Yeah, yeah, bailouts. You won't. You won't have. Um, uh, we, we've just been through a banking commission. Yes. Um, malpractice. Uh, you won't have that malpractice. level of systemic malpractice, essentially, right? Yes. Yes. And now it's one thing, to, it's, it's very easy to pros, um, prosecute one person. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you, and that's when it comes down to if there is a financial planner within a bank, mm-hmm. you, you, can, you can easily create rules mm-hmm. to govern what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but when, but we, what we've seen has been systemic malfeasance mm-hmm. in the banking industry. And we'll see it in, in law-ish if, if it doesn't happen already. If right. we're not already subject to these risks, right. and like I said, it's very difficult to, to know them. Um, one of my problems is that I, when people ask me for examples of this, I say, I only know my own technology. Right. I don't know someone else's. Right. And there's there's lots of other things out there. Yes. Um, and so the hypotheticals that I give are, are difficult. The um, giving the hypothetical of the blockchain, there's there's been plenty of failures there. Yes. You know, there's it's clear that there could be a failure of of the, the entire chain falling over and everyone losing their money or yeah. there being, you know, um, some systemic fraud in there. Um, so, so that's the, that's the example that, that I would leave with. Right. No, and that's fantastic. Um, Adrian, thank you so much for exploring this with me and, and bringing your expertise to the table and your thoughts. Um, My pleasure. You know, essentially, um, I think we, Without boiling it down too simply, it, it, it was a various sequence of ideas. One was um, the idea of law and lawyers and distinguishing between what actually falls within the regulator's jurisdiction and what might fall outside of it. The idea mm-hmm. of um, us uh, then, if we, well, technology being emergent, something that, you know, if it's happening anyway, whether it's happening here, it'll happen. If it doesn't happen here, it'll happen somewhere else. And so the, the you know, the, the interesting or important question, which is 
if lawyers aren't involved with what the future of law is going to look like because they're not allowed to play, then someone else may come up with it in their stead and we may not like the, res the result. Yeah. And, then, and then on to perhaps the, the last section that we just covered, which was what perhaps regulators then, what posture, position mm. do they play? How can we perhaps look at some of those um, uh, practical steps forward um, that, that regulators or posture or position the regulator can have and things that obviously lawyers who want to be innovative can keep in mind as well about, uh, you know, the reality is the, the, the idea you're putting forward, I think regardless of whether it is actually implemented or not, I think is a very healthy idea for, for anyone in law who wants to innovate to, to, keep, to keep back or front of mind. You know, this idea of perhaps you know, similar to the ethical obligations that I've learned so well in being admitted that you have and I have, um, I should also maintain this uh, idea of am I uh, establishing or creating a systemic risk by, you know, innovating in the way that I am. And, and regardless of whether the regulators are required or not, I think, you know, it is a healthy posture to have. Um, but yeah, look, it, it does, it does, it is important, as you mentioned, that the regulator provides certainty about what is and is not allowed. And then also us, for us as lawyers to recognize what actually falls within the purview of legal services and what falls outside of them. So thank you so much for, you know, making sense of that, I guess, quite obscure idea if it hasn't been really thought through. My, my, my pleasure. To, to my knowledge, I'm the only legal technologist who is proposing new regulations and in particular um, potential criminal penalties in the era, in the area of, um, legal tech. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, that's um, uh, I perhaps might 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 take the shine off my my uh, small L liberal credentials, but I think that it, <laughs> it, there. <laughs> um, but this isn't something that's served by the market. We can't just we can't just leave it. We can't um, w if we try and pull the existing you know lawnmower regulations over to terrorism it simply it, it, it won't work um right. it will simply drive things away elsewhere yes. uh, and we do need supervision and we correct. do need we do need someone we we, we need a, a different type of supervision a supervision that that isn't there um at present yeah and and it's and it's important i think above all uh, that we've recognized that law is very specific and unique in its position because it actually sits, well, how well you want to think about it, underneath or above everything else, mm. even, even the exam very examples that you've given in terms of other markets, you know, law sits as a foundation of society. So, so it is still something that, you know, needs to be well thought through. But uh, thank you for sharing everything. Um, I hope the listeners really enjoy this. I'm sure they will. And I hope actually it sparks, maybe there are others who, who have, you know, so to, as you say, to your knowledge. So, so if it's happening elsewhere, hopefully through this uh, platform, we'll, we'll start to hear about it elsewhere. All right, Fantastic. Adrian, thank, thank you so very much. much. No worries. We'll Have a great day. See you, mate. See you. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If this episode resonates with you, we'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your colleagues and friends. Follow and leave your feedback on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can connect with Tessa and myself on LinkedIn, Twitter, and you can also visit our websites, futurelab.legal and legalcreatives.com.